High School Slumber Party AP is a Cage Club Podcast Network production. For all things Cage Club and High School Slumber Party, head over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome slumbers who take their studies a little more seriously, or maybe not today, I don't know. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Isla Maddington, and this is High School Slumber Party AP, a study session in contemporary teen films. Today we're talking the last summer, but before that we of course have some homework to discuss. Absolutely. As always, have you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening? So many options. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, insert up and coming open source <laughs> podcast platform here. But um, truly, if you subscribe, that helps us out so much and um, lets us know how much you love us. Of course. And you can check out the archive of all, not just High School Slumber Party episodes, but you can catch up on your AP homework at cageclub.me, the home of so many other great pop culture podcasts. And of course, class participation is a huge part of your grade. So follow High School Slumber Party on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So normally we have some other homework to go through, but this was a very impromptu episode. And I do apologize, Island. (laughs) I was just looking up summer movies and I saw this one and it came out in 2019. I had no idea what it was. And I'm like, let's talk about it on AP. So Absolutely. I don't know. Uh, We're just going to dive right into this one, though, because it is a special one. We will be talking another film on our regular scheduled time, I guess, which is the first Monday of every month. So don't worry. This is not in lieu of. This is bonus. This is extra. This is thank you for participating. Here's some extra content for you, whether you like it or not, which should be the theme of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) The Last Summer. Uh, Aislinn, it is a Netflix film. Um, Why don't you go ahead and read that Netflix description and we'll dive right into this one. All right. As usual, it will not take long. So The Last Summer, 2019. Teens from a Chicago high school grapple with their dreams, relationships, and identities in a transformative summer before they leave for college. Cool, cool. So uh, (laughs) I told you how I heard about this movie by just randomly looking up summer films. Uh, Had you heard about this movie at all? Nope, not at all. You uh, sent me the info. And then I I will say once I saw the Netflix uh, sort of cover to it with um kj appa uh on it then i was like oh okay i think i think netflix has shown this to me but i was not paying attention i find it interesting and sort of funny i don't know if you you do this 
in pandemic times, I'm scrolling through Netflix pretty frequently and they will change the cover art for a series or a film based on what's going on in the world. So for instance, there's this little show called Bonding Mm -hmm. that's about young people that are involved in dominatrix work. And there is, I think, one episode, maybe two with Darcy Carden in it. But I looked and Darcy Carden was the image on the cover of that. That's wildly misleading, right? So I I bring that up because I think they put their most famous, most pretty people, and this is a movie full of pretty people, Yes. in the cover art because, yeah, there's a lot of folks who just want more of these hot young people. And I can appreciate that. I'm sure there was an era in which I would have clicked for these hot young people, but woof, it was, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, they tricked us. They tricked us on this one, I think. I think it's important we cover films like this because they serve a function, and I think you're absolutely right about that function. And they are, I don't know, they have a pulse of like what teenagers, I don't know if what's actually what they want. We could discuss that, but I guess what people think they want. Because this yes. cast, I was not terribly familiar with a lot of these people, but apparently, and we'll get into it in a little bit, they're super famous and there that's... are two tiers here very clearly gotcha there is super famous and have been on series like know how to hit marks and say lines <laughs> and there are young people breaking into acting who got a real big break here and i felt that distance for sure but you're right we'll we'll get into the who's of it all and yeah i don't i don't mean to say i like i again I suggested or I was enthusiastic about American Pie number 17 or what have you. (laughs) Like, I am not, I can give you my list of my favorite terrible movies. That's not it because I I love a, I love a mediocre movie. And this one in particular, I think was what some, I don't know, executives somewhere thought (laughs) high school students would like or would want and i maybe we should talk to one at some point to see what's true but but yeah i just a lot of it just rang false yeah a hundred percent and when we talk a little bit about the production here yeah i've been trying to be more positive in general in life i'm you know and i see a movie like this and i want to try to tackle it from a positive lens but sometimes it could be very hard i almost put that disclaimer out there because I feel like I might go into some things here that were, are going to sound mean. Um, but th- So this film's directed by a gentleman named William Bindley, who wrote it with his brother, Scott. We love siblings. Yes, yes, of course. Not a lot of info on this film, okay. which is never a good sign, especially with these Netflix films, because usually when a Netflix film gets popular, there'll be a lot of you know BuzzFeed articles or... Teen Vogue articles or things like that. So you'll get a little background from it. I don't have a lot of background here. All I could dig up was that, yeah, he's done a couple films here or there. He's done some TV, but he was a producer on the film Mother's Day. Are you familiar with Mother's Day? I'm familiar with New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day as a trifecta of famous people doing things in front of the camera. The uh, famous Gary Marshall, the late Gary Marshall, he was the architect of Mother's Day. 
and the other two you mentioned, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, and a host of other films, Princess Diaries, Runaway Bride, Pretty Woman, Beaches. Beaches. Some really good stuff in there. But those last three in his career are of that, I don't know what this formula is called, but like throw a lot of famous people and there's like tons of storylines and we follow along. Like Love Actually is like that. There are a lot of romantic comedies like that. And they're really hard, in my opinion, to be good there's so much going on and it's sometimes so much that's not that interesting because if you just saw one of it, it would probably be a 10 minute plot line that you wouldn't, maybe you'd care about a little bit. Or it could be a movie. You know what I mean? I mean, there are. Yes. Yes. If it was expanded and and that's something I definitely want to talk about today. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm frustrated with this movie is that I feel like it is a garden of missed opportunities. Yes. And that, the voiceover at the beginning set me up for exactly why I would be frustrated, which is we just graduated high school. So this is the end. This is our last chance. It's over this, like the closing of the tunnel where my perception, my outlook on it is that it is the beginning. And yes, I mean, it is a transition. There are things ending, but this idea that like, the last chance, the end of the road kind of stuff. It just seems so false to me as a, an old millennial, you know, as a, as a mid thirties person looking back, but also thinking about being that age that didn't ring true for me then either, because I, I knew that this was the beginning, right. That this was, I don't know. It just, it seemed, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Those are my sounds I'm making because words are failing me. <laughs> I think, you know, you're, you're on to something, but I also think you can start off with a premise like that if you're going to come to the realization that, oh, no, this is just the beginning, which I've seen a lot oh. of summer films that okay. do that, right? This isn't an end. This is a beginning. Gotcha. Especially if, if you're a young person mm-hmm. in that position, you might relate to that. Yeah. Too, because it is a weird time. I mean, every time it is a weird, a weird time, time. But it's a very weird time. Yeah. But I just, at the point, like an hour and 48 minutes later, I just didn't know where my brain was to care about that anymore. I don't think that's where we left off. Maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> we'll definitely well, and, talk about it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Thank you for, for bringing that up. That if there is characters, for instance, you know, Phoebe played by Maya Mitchell, who seems wiser than, you know, she's a little bit, seems to be a little Mm -hmm. bit outside that teen circus that they're setting up. If she could have brought us into that realization, I think that would have been potentially successful. And I just, I look forward to, um, as we get toward the end and, and we make other recommendations, like where, where would you point me for that, for this it's the end. No, it's just the beginning kind of thing. I mean, even I'm thinking like Lady Bird kind of has that a little bit of that. It's not the same, but it's the, I got to get out. I got to get out. I got to get out. And then you get out and realize what you had and what, what you might find. So yeah, garden of missed opportunities. For sure. I mean, uh, I'm by chance, I don't normally do this, but I'm wearing a Ferris Bueller shirt right now. Amazing. Um, <laughs> not on purpose. I promise. But that's an example of a film. I mean, it's not often talked about when people recount the film, but the entire time Ferris is discussing what's going to happen next year. Should I get married to this girl? Should I do? And the whole day is about celebrating kind of the end of something, 
But by the end of the movie, you're kind of ushering in the beginning and there's a little bit of hope and fun. And I think a lot of films are able to do this. But Ferris, we're focusing on, I was going to say one, two stories really, like 80% Ferris and like 20% his sister. And they intersect at the end. And yes, all these stories kind of intersect at the end. But I guess my point with bringing up this director was that the nasty part of my brain is saying that he saw Gary Marshall's success by working with him on like his last film and was like, I could do this with teens. But with high school, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and again, we've seen like that can work. I am often impressed by those intersecting. This didn't feel like that to me. This also felt like episodic in a way of like, I felt like commercial breaks had been cut out. Mm-hmm. That's a good call, yeah. In the way that it was just so disjointed between these folks and those folks. And then also there is intense dissatisfaction with some of those storylines themselves so it's it's like there are times where we have the problem of you know the parts are good but it doesn't make a great whole or the whole is good but there are individual parts we want to get rid of and in this case i think there are flaws regardless of the angle you look at it and i know we're not here to just shit on things (laughs) and i'm so sorry but i think in part because it is summer and i am in um, beautiful cabin in Montana that has been, I'm so uh, thankful, has been part of my life forever. And so I'm in like a nostalgic place. Ooh. And so I was sort of primed for a summer adventure. And this was just not hitting any of the marks for me. And then there are a couple of moments that are just truly, truly disturbing. Some you might anticipate, some you might not, that I, I look forward to discussing. Awesome, awesome. I mean, a couple other things before we get into the characters and plot that I did want to bring up. I think it's also difficult when you do a movie like this with this kind of structure to even it out for the audience in a way that we care about all the storylines. Because there were so many times where I wanted to like change the channel to the next storyline, press skip. Great. And- <laughs> Yes, it can be done, but it's really hard to do that. I think if you're even like a super, super fabulous writer, director or whatever, that's very hard to create like six or seven different storylines that are going to compel you like that. But there are a lot of things in this too that I think teenagers, even myself as a teenager, could relate to and did relate to. And I guess the main focus here is uh, a lot of the people are in relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm someone who I had a, a girlfriend in high school and I tried to continue it in college and I just brag. <laughs> no, trust me. It's not a brag. I was not mature enough for a relationship. That's for sure. And certainly not mature enough for a long distance relationship. Absolutely. Something we often talk about, not just here in AP, but just all the high school solar party episodes almost is the fact that we are rooting in our minds for couples, usually just for the end of the movie. Sometimes it is the end of high school, but a lot of times we're rooting for these couples to make it Mm. when in theory, that's not always, I don't say the best idea. I'm not here to give advice to people, but we know from our own lives that there is just like a small percentage. And yes, some of those people are very happy, but there's a small percentage of people who are dating in high school who have that fairy tale supposedly of for, together forever right yeah. but we always try we have to with this show suspend that because then we would just always be rooting against couples getting together i think they had something in terms of being realistic about that mm-hmm. yeah that was a that was a point that a number of the couplings 
discussed. That was a through line for multiple sets of relationships. And yet, what were they saying? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I think we'll have to we'll have to go through it. There's so much I want to talk about, but I know. don't want to skip this cast because I think that was yeah. the main draw for a lot of people. That's why this movie got made, 100%. You seem to uh, be familiar with some of these people. So uh, KJ Appa, right? He's from Riverdale, I believe. That is why I was familiar with him. And I'll um, put my cards on the table. I think it was probably two summers ago when I was at this very cabin on on my vacation and thought I'd heard some critical uh, sort of acclaim for the first season of Riverdale, as well as um, I was at the time working on a college campus. And so while those are not high school students, they were recently high school students. And so I got some of the like the news of what's what's the buzz, if you will. And so I was like, okay, I'll give this a try. And so like sexy teens and a mystery, sign me (laughs) up. I got no problem with that. Um, And I did enjoy the first season for sure. My thoughts on Riverdale is another podcast. We don't have to get into it. But so I knew him from that. And I know Maya Mitchell from The Fosters. Oh, yes, yes. So I'm also, you know, I believe it's free form now, but it's had a number of names that channel has and has produced like teen content for a long time that I um, have enjoyed for one reason or another. And so um, I have not watched similarly. I have only watched the beginnings of it but so that are kind of our main couple are both seasoned professional like have been famous for a bit actors as well as and i'm sort of moving down the line a little bit so we have ricky the baseball player right who is not like it's almost a cameo like it's more than a cameo but it's a little bit less it's just not you know he's not a high school student in this movie is why i'm sort of trying to put him off to the side. So it's a little stunt stunt casting for me, but right, I believe Teen Wolf and other things. Um, it's where we know him from. Yeah, uh, Tyler Posey. Yeah. yeah, Tyler Posey. And then Aaron, who is his love interest, Halston Sage, I know from the Orville. Yeah, which I, when I look, I'm like, oh, that's, I was familiar with her face. And I'm like, okay. Agreed. I was familiar with parts of her face. Yes. Because she had prosthetics on is yes. why I say that. <laughs> so here's, here's my issue there. She is compelling to look at. Absolutely. So far, I have not believed her in either of the roles I've seen her in. And I don't know what that disconnect is. And so I look forward to seeing her in something. I'm not faulting her for it, but whatever the ingredients in the stew is in both cases have just not worked for me. And so I look forward to seeing her again in something where I, where I believe it. I don't want to go beyond cast at the moment if, if that's where we're at, but like the, the scene where we meet her and she's breaking up with her boyfriend of two years, I did not believe for a second they had been in a relationship for two years. I definitely agree with you with that. And just, I know we're bouncing around, but yeah, I also going over the cast here for mm-hmm. my mind, because the first like at least half an hour of the movie, I was getting really confused on who is who, because they're all like pretty people. And... They're all <laughs> tiny, pretty people. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Susie. <laughs> Susie Bacon, right? That's her name, Susie? Is that how it's pronounced? I, you know, I don't know, but that's certainly when we get to our um, superlatives. I want to talk more about her, and, and certainly we can in the meantime. I was not familiar with her until now. Loved her. Yeah, um, so she's Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's daughter, 
which is cool. There's a lot of that in here. Tell me more. What do you mean there's a lot of that in here? So there are a couple... Again, I feel so bad, like, accusing the director slash producer of doing these things. but And she was great, so this is nothing against she her. She was fantastic. Definitely my favorite character. But there are a couple other of, like, children of actors or okay. wife of actors in this that I'm wondering if it's like, oh, let's cast some of these people for relationships. But again, she's great, so that's not downplaying her. But, like, Kelsey Grammer's daughter is in this Yep. As the Christian girl, Greer That being Grammer. true, Greer Grammer has had a career. Fair enough. Independently, one- but 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 I hear you on that, that perhaps through some of the other connections, this was a a way to get this made, right? It's it is mediocre at best in terms of the writing. Mm-hmm. So yes, you have to have something to get it made. So I don't know which of our pretty people were on board first. But absolutely, I think people used whatever connections they had to get this done. And they did it successfully. And most of us will never be able to successfully make a movie. So 100%. For that, I give them credit. It looked like a real movie, which is not always true also. So there are successes within this. And yet, the overall was disappointing. For sure. The other person I was really going to point out there, because it's such a small role and it's not a teenager is uh, Jackie Sandler, who's Adam Sandler's wife, is the bartender at that place that the two kids go. And it's just like, what? Oh, random. <laughs> has, she, did, has she done other cameo work? She's mostly been in Adam Sandler films, 99%. So I don't want to insinuate, but I am insinuating. I, I think there was some kind of, oh, let's do favors for this person and that person here. But Sure, yeah, who's friends with who and that's how we all get through the world 100 100 it's just not visible everywhere the other person i had on my list that i really recognized and iceland take notes on this one because we'll see this dude again if you haven't seen okay, already is wolfgang novogratz were you familiar with him he played foster in looking at him i thought to myself i should probably know who that is because he seemed to have all the things you need to be a heartthrob <laughs> that is so true other than good, a good character. <laughs> well, well, yeah. But yeah, who is he from? Tell me, tell me more. So uh, Joey and I did a movie on this podcast called Assassination Nation. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a cool movie. And the creator of that actually created Euphoria, which became a big show. Sierra Burgess is a loser, which is another yep. Netflix film. He's in that. He's in a film I know we're going to cover at one point. Yes, God, yes. Indeed. I look forward to that. And he's also in one of the best films of 2020 that we're definitely going to cover. One of the best teen films, the half of it. So the the dude is everywhere on High School Slumber Party AP, or will be at least. Well, then I am, I, here I am flummoxed. You don't have to necessarily like him, or, or certainly not this character, but you hit the nail on the head. He is just like this quintessential, quintessential teen heartthrob. And he's he's a good guy in other films. I can tell you that he's like not this dude in every film why did he take the role then i mean that's that's my question right so if he if he is successful in this milieu what drew him to this also if it's the answer is a paycheck fine no no problem i guess i got no problems but let's say in the hypothetical high school slumber party ap industry party that we threw (laughs) where there were folks about you know right because we became influencers in some way (laughs) I would ask. I would honestly ask. A couple drinks in, I would be like, Wolfgang, 
can you tell me what drew you to this? And, and if it's paycheck, that's fine. But I, I am curious. Another guess is something that we talk about often together here is that whole maybe Netflix signs these people to deals and they just. Good point. Hey, this they've is your next movie. Do it. They've got three yeah. years. Yeah, they've got to do it. They've got to do their do their films to complete the contract. Understood. I, I think in addition to just finding that character flat and, you know, difficult to redeem and again, not his fault. It was also interesting to me in a movie where you have a number of roughly 30 year old people playing teenagers. Yes. <laughs> who look old, right? And that's and that's been a thing. Like they're speaking of BuzzFeed, like I think for both Riverdale and 13 Reasons Why, in particular, BuzzFeed has done a lot of like they claim they're 16, here's real 16 kind of side by sides. But so you have some of these folks. You also have a storyline of 18 year olds passing or attempting to pass as 20-somethings, but you don't use any of, you know what I mean? Like you don't, so we have Jacob McCarthy and Mario Revolori, mm-hmm. which is a great name, who play these two misfits that put on suits and pretend to be stock traders or whatever. Why those two? When you have Wolfgang, when you have Jacob Lattimore, when you have J.K. Appa, who would be believable as as men, in quotes, why do you put these two in that like what's happening (laughs) i don't know there's a lot of that too because there's i don't feel like the even though this is very much a movie for teens spoiler alert to a question we ask (laughs) i don't know if the writers really again understood what teens were there were a lot of um plot lines in here that i could see in a sitcom about 20 year olds or even like a college movie and not necessarily a high school movie. Just to flash forward a little, and I don't know how much we're going to talk about this. At one point, they're at like a crazy rave warehouse party. And I've never, <laughs> unless I'm so out of touch, I've never met like a, a teen who's, or, or heard of like a teen only crazy rave warehouse party that looks like it does in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> where, yeah, where are those resources coming from? How do they have access to that space? <laughs> how are they pulling that off yeah yeah absolutely there is and yeah we i don't think we need to go scene for scene by any means but yes i mean so many things i just was thinking to myself what i also have while we're in the nuts and bolts of it was this movie completely adr'd (laughs) at some points it felt like it right it really felt like i would say let's say i would say conservatively 50 percent of it but why like I don't under it doesn't seem like Is it just poor sound quality like, at, they screw at the location. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the yeah, one that was really prominent for me was the first scene when Audrey, who's Sosie Bacon, uh, is meeting the uh, Lila and Lila's mother because that's gonna be her summer job. That one, I mean, it was just in a home. It wasn't. Yeah, it was not like I was thinking. It wasn't like outside the, the Chicago yeah. wind, perhaps. But <laughs> it was. Yeah, it wasn't the beach. It wasn't <laughs> the stadium. It wasn't. And then also in the cars, I felt like too were very much very very blatantly idiot. And I I have wondered from time to time in the streaming era if it hits the ear differently, you know, on my iPad on my iPad with headphones versus in a movie theater. And so I don't know if we've become more sensitive or less sensitive to it. But it was distracting to me in this movie. It could be because I wasn't enthralled by the story. 
maybe I would forgive it in a different movie. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> right? I mean, if I'm thinking back, so if, if never, sometimes, if never, rarely, sometimes, often was overly ADR'd, would I have cared? Would I have forgiven it? Probably. So I'll, um, I should take that back as a criticism and just no, I think it's fair. use it as an observation. <laughs> Gosh, there was a lot of that in this. Absolutely. Uh, okay. One thing I did want to mention, because I don't want, want to get the Godfather, Joey Lewandowski. Well, not mad. I don't think he'd be mad at this, but as a big Zac Efron fan as he is, Halston Sage is a famous ex-girlfriend of Zac Efron. So. Oh, I mean... But in neighbors, but in real life too. In real life, yes, as well. So yeah, oh, I did she not was, know that. And she was in neighbors, so hot goss. Some ready AP. I'm behind. Okay, interesting. We shoehorned Zach Efron in. So here we go. And I want to thank somebody behind the scenes for this movie, and who, whoever that is, I'm sure I could find out their name, but it's whoever compiled the wikipedia page for this film oh is it great (laughs) they did something that i love that most movies don't do they didn't like write the summary in chronological order okay they they split it up based on our storylines and that makes it so much easier for us to talk about so thank you wikipedia oh that's great point i'll have to look at that okay (laughs) so they go by like yeah, and look, who are the characters like and, uh, Griffin and Phoebe? Yep, and that's the first one. So, oh, sure, there we go. Okay, let's talk about Griffin and Phoebe. <laughs> what were okay. your thoughts on them and Phoebe? Right, she is a young filmmaker who's trying to get into NYU. Side note: as I, I might have mentioned this, I might have not mentioned this. They're always getting into the fanciest schools in these movies, and it's like other schools exist, people. <laughs> so many schools (laughs) there are so many schools and you can start at one school and and go to a different school or there are great amazing people educators at a variety of schools i mean they're just yes so so young all for all the young people who are listening keep your mind and your options open we've had a couple guests from outside the country specifically australia and i like to ask them about like perceptions of like american high school movies because 99 percent of high school movies are american made and about sure. american stories and i forgot who it was whether it was jenna Giam or shawnee mead or maybe both but one of them <laughs> commented like to us there's like three american colleges like nyu Har- or maybe four nyu harvard columbia stanford and yep. you'll often see, especially in these movies, to like that we're going to cover on AP, where it's like, but you're going to, to Cal and I'm going to Stanford. How are we going to make that work? And right. it's like, it's it's crazy. It's like, no one, expand your horizons, filmmakers, with that and stop acting like there's only five colleges. Because I also feel like, I know we're going on off on a tangent, <laughs> but I also feel like they set things up for like kids who yep. not can't get into those schools or maybe don't want to go to the schools where or you feel have the resources to the resources perfect schools. yeah that's a big one i mean those are like the most expensive schools in the country and in very expensive places yes i don't want to say it makes it some kids feel like failure but i know i've talked to like you know younger cousins of mine and it's like well i didn't get into stanford or harvard or anything like that but it's like <laughs> i don't know yeah. you're, you're more in, lo- in tune with the university uh, life than I am, but it, it's something annoying that you'll see more and more. I'm just yes, warning. It you. is, it, yeah, it's super, it is super irritating. I'm happy to bring on a academic counselor or, you know, any number of sort of student affairs positions 
to talk about the reality of college stuff if we ever want, if we get... <laughs> when we um, talk about another movie that is on this precipice of college, but I agree with you 100%. It it was just another thing that made these characters and the way they were written just sort of lowest common denominator kind of (laughs) fill in the blank of what aspirational school people would want to. And then the, the kind of classic, in quotes, issue of your parents wanting you to go pursue something stable but you have an artistic goal or um passion and i also don't know how true that is anymore or or who is telling someone that they have to pick before they even get there (laughs) but so we have griffin and phoebe the other thing about griffin which is weird and not helpful to be clear he's the character who the father is telling him to go to i guess business school at columbia like he knew a guy at columbia and he really wants to go to uh berkeley school of music the greatest music school in the country apparently i mean it is but i'm saying like you know it's just (laughs) uh but sorry yeah sorry continue he what came from a private high school like a prep school Uh, so they didn't even all go to high school together so what was the point of that and were these two like is this where it all started was was the original idea about them because they seem to be the leaders and also the most kind of deliberately cast, it seems like. Deliberately cast, also fleshed out. Yeah, they get so much screen time. So much but... screen time is spent on them. And again, I could see that being just the movie. There's plenty of teen movies today 100%. that's just their story. So I have I have two main things that I wanted to bring up from their story. So number one is, it was all I could do not to turn it off. Um, because it just hit my exact buttons in the wrong way. So the scene where they have some sort of competitive barbecue eating contest Mm -hmm. and then go directly into a sex scene as a lifelong (laughs) vegetarian and someone who has an issue with like, you know, when there's food on your face and the whole, like I just, that was the most repulsive thing (laughs) That I have seen in a long, long time. (laughs) I was absolutely disgusting. And I almost texted you, but it was later than when I had texted you previously about this movie. And so I was like, I'm going to keep this to myself till recording. But like, (laughs) I would rather there have been, I don't even know. I would rather it have all been shot on um, handheld. And I would, I would rather be carsick from this movie. Then the idea of them eating a ton of barbecue and like it's on their faces, on their hands. The whole room must smell like meat. Oh my God. It was, it was what my nightmares are made of. What do you say we call it a draw? that good with condom wrappers um keep in mind as i'm sure i say all of us because i assume everyone was but um i was bullied a lot in middle school and part of that included people like 
throwing meat at me because they knew I didn't eat meat. So um, it it comes from a a place of deep trauma, but that was revolting, number one. But that's, you know, just a me issue. I don't think it's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. On the expanded level, it's definitely a you issue because you have experience with that, which I'm definitely sorry about. That sounds like it was really crappy. I I survived. (laughs) But it's also like a touch issue. Like I... (laughs) All the senses. All look, the look, senses. I, I love barbecue food, but I would never in a million years jump from that with, again, not just the smells, but just like the the feeling on your fingers. And in your body. Like, I get that they're 18. They have metabolism we could only dream of. But also. Fair. The last thing. Well, not the last thing, but far down the list when I'm very full. Is it like, all right, let's let's get this done i just it the timing was wrong for me so i was thinking of this like i said something a link in the zoom chat in the film wet hot american summer like elizabeth banks they just have a barbecue and she just has like, yes. <laughs> barbecue sauce over disgusting <laughs> yes i've never identified with paul redmore <laughs> it was that's just wrong it's just not okay and and in that context they knew it too oh of course um, yeah that's part of it here it's like oh sexy the other thing and and i if i fell asleep at some point i do apologize so we have teenagers they have just graduated high school but ostensibly children mm-hmm. and we have parents and so it turns out that phoebe's mom and griffin's dad are having an affair yes phoebe's mom doesn't know it's an affair she just thinks she's dating a guy at the gym right and griffin finds out and at first he doesn't say anything and then he does all this so then there's this big scene where griffin is apologizing to phoebe's mom what the fuck (sighs) he didn't do anything it's not his responsibility whatever he did is what he did because he is he is the child in this situation. Why is he taking the burden? And I understand it was because he wanted Phoebe back, but like the way that he and Paul, it could be partially because I do think he's a good actor. So it was him in the scene doing his best to act with this other person, but like the way that he was apologizing to her as if he had done something was really unsettling and frustrating. I I do not get. Oh, maybe I get, but I just don't know why this whole parent storyline was here. I guess there was zero conflict with them. It just seemed like everything. Other was going than well. that, she didn't that she didn't want to date. Yeah, and I guess they weren't clever enough to figure stuff out there. When it came in this film, I'm like, wait, what? Who is this? guy? Oh, that's his dad. I forgot. One, I forgot. <laughs> then right. two, when you you see that's a thing, it's like, how is this gonna? Oh, oh. I don't know. And you're so right. How is this his fault? I kind of get her reaction because you're in that moment. You don't know what the hell is going on. That's I tough. get Phoebe's reaction. Yes, I don't get the for mom's. Sure. The, the mom and... She should have said, this is not about you. Yeah. You and Phoebe work He's out what you need to work out. Yeah. It's, but oh, it was just... He's a kid. I was like, what is going on here? It was the weirdest, most awkward thing. And how like they're having this nice little romance and it's this weird thing that one of the 20 plot lines here that I wasn't really high on my list going into, like, the thing with his dad. And then that ends up happening. It's like, you need to tell your mom. And it's like, just that, again, just, that burdens on him, too. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it, would, it all made zero sense. And it was just hats on hats because their conflict already was that 
His dad had a plan for him and he had a different plan. That's enough. He comes back from prep school and his his last chance for this girl of his dreams. That's enough. Like it just, it was unnecessary. And I don't think added anything to it other than confusion. Did you um, believe them as a couple at least? Yes. Because they're both very pretty. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I did as well. Like I think that they. They had chemistry. As crappy as some of the, their storyline was specifically again with the parents once again i could see this just being a film if these characters were invested in a little bit more mm-hmm. now again the dialogue terrible <laughs> yes. the whole scene when they're texting and he's on the bus and he's like trying to flirt with her and like trying to get this date and whatever else and it does this thing and I, i'm curious i want i bet you can tell me the the beginning of it but this it's become a trope of being able to see texts on the screen while someone's getting it back because we have to right yeah exactly that that's now the consensus on like how to do it rather than like the voiceover like or showing you the phone always showing you the phone yeah and i'm fine with that but again he did well right he he acted that whole thing believably Mm -hmm. i was just incensed by the dialogue itself and like his it, I just didn't feel like a, a high school student to me. And and this could be a long rabbit hole. So, you know, feel free to pull me out of it. Um, we can save it for another time. But like this idea of this persistent pursuit idea that if you continue to ask and ask and ask until they say yes, that's how a relationship starts. And that's so problematic and, and so difficult. We will see it in upcoming films. I'm sure we've seen it. I'm sure we had it in American Pie. It's a, yeah, this is, that's definitely a high school trope. It's frustrating because it's a high school trope and it's when it is presented that way in media so often, and it is for, for teens as well as adults in all kinds of media, it presents that narrative as like a viable thing, which then impacts people in real life and also impacts really important issues like consent. So just in case anyone's interested, a no 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 okay fine is not consent that's not consent at all so in the same way it's so frustrating to me when it is presented as if that is the way a relationship should start where you wear them down and then they want to date you like yeah either they do or they don't so i guess that was a third thing that bothered me about them but your question was did i believe them as a couple and i did Yeah, again, I I would, I don't know if we're going to get it. I would like to see them in something else, given with different material, because they did have a lot of chemistry. So And and they're both good. And again, they're both arguably some of the more experienced of the teenagers, in quotes, actors in this movie. And it was clear. Anything else you want to mention about them? Or should we move on to our next storyline? I think let's move on to our next next set of young people. According to the wikipedia gods here the next storyline and it's a little bit different we're gonna have to break this one up a bit but it's Aaron and alec that's the couple who broke up at the beginning Let, let's start with Aaron, right like alec breaks up with her and alec right away gets with a, another girl so Aaron is friends with audrey but Aaron and the baseball player let's talk about that okay i guess i just wanted to double check with you my understanding was that both Aaron and Alec had agreed 
Like it yes. wasn't that one dumped the other. It was no, 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 no. It was a mutual. We thing. will break up, and we will break up at the beginning of the summer. The, I mean, again, in that scene, <laughs> y'all, I did not believe that these people had ever spoken to each other before. This no. was not two two years and two years in high school. They would have, and I know because I did it. There would be boxes of memorabilia that you like give back. Here's all your stuff back. It Here's was all your for sure. CDs, probably not in 2020. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe everything was in the cloud that they returned to. Each other. <laughs> Maybe they just, un- yes. Maybe they just untangled their cloud, but I just, I did not get any kind of sense of familiarity with them at all. You're right. And then the minute they break up, there is a popular girl who, that's kind of all she's presented as to us, really, is just yes. like hot popular girl, which is not fair to her, who swoops in and he immediately is dating her. Yes. Yeah, he's immediately dating her. And just again, to your point, halfway through the movie, I forgot that they had this breakup. Like it just they because they did not seem like a couple that I cared about at all. So I I forgot that those stories were intertwined until Mm -hmm. they kind of re intersected at some point. I mean, we could actually close Alec up really because he dates her for the summer and he gets tired of her and he wants to get back with Aaron. So that's literally what happens there. And uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. who's i guess best friends with audrey she has a job which they kind of focus on but don't she has like an internship at this office and she's giving mm-hmm. coffee orders and stuff like that whatever but the big her big romance storyline comes in when they go to a chicago cubs game and uh, a player quite literally falls in her lap a player a professional baseball player not even like minor league not even like <laughs> no. farm league <laughs> This is a 22-year-old professional baseball player. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm really sorry. Uh, I don't want to take care of the mustard, but I'm kind of in the middle of something. Yes, go do you. All right. Yes, yes, a professional sportsman, and he's just. And I love how they gave him an age because I'm thinking like, like maybe he's 22, really, right? Yeah, maybe he's yeah. really young. Maybe he's 19, and and she's 18. But there's there's a big gulf between 22 and fresh out of high school absolutely whatever they they start dating and he's like perfect for like 90 percent of the movie you know that's what they're playing it as but we know something's gonna happen with this a guy shoe because... or a cleat of some kind yes. will drop. <laughs> the cleat will drop up but like some of these scenes spent on them are like oh yeah you know i know it's just a pickup truck but it's my pickup truck like it's like... <laughs> which again like both of them were doing their best I feel I, I do not blame these actors that what they were working with was not authentic, was no. not, it didn't feel comfortable at the very minimum to me. It felt like an acting class cold read. <laughs> that's a good call. Yeah. And again, and I'm not blame. I know that sounds like I'm blaming them for that, but I'm like, that's how stilted the material was for them to work with. And I don't know. Like I, I did, I had empathy for Aaron because she was kind of blindsided by, you know, she shows up at his, at his house or his condo is whatever. And a woman answers the door and it's his ex, but it's complicated. I had empathy for her there. And yet that didn't seem at all out of the ordinary to me. No. <laughs> I mean, he's a young professional athlete. I mean, one of the reasons I figured that she was going to drop because it's like, a 20 year old in a big city now but that's why also i felt bad for her because she's only you know fresh out of high school 
and fresh out of this two year, what seemed to be Absolutely. committed, if if emotionless from our perspective, relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's it it once that happened, then looking back on it is like, oh, there's a reading of it where he took advantage of her. For sure, but it's also like not played like that at certain times. Like even when he chases her and he just says it's complicated, it's almost like he's or they're trying to portray it as like sympathetic when like I said, it's more he's being an asshole. For example, I was really perplexed by the fact that I don't know if he had her or she volunteered, but she she as presumably like an eighteen year old threw a barbecue for his entire team of adults who are for you know, the Cubs. For the Cubs, yes, a professional baseball team where people are ranging from probably twenty one to thirty seven, thirty eight. And some of them are millionaires. Like millionaires. Get that shit <laughs> catered, Cubs. At the at the minimum, they're six figure in airs or whatever that's called, right? And really yeah. it's just like, oh, I barbecued for an entire team of millionaires. Like that's a lot of pressure for someone who's who just graduated high school. Yeah. Just weird, just weird. Bizarre. This was such a bizarre storyline uh, that it screamed to bizarre. me being written by adult men. Yeah, you know, like yes, <laughs> I love and baseball. Casting but. a hot, yeah, a hot young young woman in it. I just one more time want to say I don't, I truly don't blame her for it. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't believe any of it. It was there is this two-dimensional character and there's a three-dimensional person and then we tried to put them together and it just didn't work so i i look forward to, I, i'm going to look at her imdb i'm going to find something else to watch her in because i'm confident she's very talented this is just not the place to watch her and i was much more interested in her best friend audrey yes yes last thing though i'll say about mm-hmm. alec we talk about twilight here a lot on regular high school slumber party and I know Tyler Posey was one of the original people that they wanted to play Jacob in the Twilight series. So oh. I need to give a, a shout out to my Twilight friends. And he ended up playing a werewolf anyway. Right. He went wolf. <laughs> he went wolf, not vampire. Yeah. That would be interesting. He would have been a good pick. I think I have not watched Teen Wolf, but I've thought about it because a number of folks that have been on it, I've liked them in other stuff. So I was like, well, maybe, but I don't know. I don't trust MTV scripted yeah they, i've they been burned before <laughs> uh the other shout out i'll do is another shout out to our good friend joey lewandowski and his partner joe too as tyler posey is the lead voice on the animated fast and furious series fast and furious spy racers he plays tony toretto the younger cousin of dominic toretto so Joey giving you a bunch of connections are endless. (laughs) Fast connection right there. Joey, we will know when Joey listens to this because we will get texts. For sure. All right, though, let's do it. Let's talk Audrey. So you were a fan of Fresh. Fan of the Audrey character. I think she got the best lines. I think they were delivered well. You know, thinking of it when they're in the baseball stadium and and the meet cute of um, Ricky and Aaron and, and Aaron says, Oh, I'm not going to call him. And, and Audrey's like, well, of course not. He's, uh, you know, rich and successful. Oh, and hot. Yeah. Don't let me, let me throw that away for you. Like, I'm not actually going to go out with him. No, he's young, successful, and he's hot. Gross. Her sarcasm. Like I have an affinity for so that, that worked out. I just, I think she was, she's tremendously talented and I think she was able to probably because it was a smaller role, like 
take what she had and, and do a lot with it. And it was also compelling in a different way. She did go on that journey of, um, you know, she was, uh, seemed to be in a more kind of working class versus some of the more affluent folks around her. Mm-hmm. And she was upset about not getting in, you know, kind of a little bit maybe average in some ways. And so she was not getting into the school she wanted. And through this summer and through, you know, meeting this young <laughs> child actor who was clearly being pushed by her mother, she then found a new path. That's a movie, right? And I and I remember that movie. It had um, Brittany Murphy in it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Um, and Dakota Fanning. Uptown Girls, I think. Uptown Girls. Yes. This, to me, was very much a slice of Uptown Girls without some of the... Yeah, of course. It wasn't exactly, but it hit some of those beats. And I thought kind of more successfully mm-hmm. than other parts of the movie. Am I off base with that? No, no. And I was also so refreshed that we could have this sort of romantic weaving of all these characters and that she did not need a romantic storyline for it to be compelling to us. She was not arbitrarily us. coupled. Yes, yes, exactly. And I thought that was awesome. And Maybe the lines aside, but maybe the best bit of storyline in this because of that, or definitely close to it. It's one that I was consistently excited to watch. Again, I think she did great and it was fun to see. I liked uh, the mom like bragging that she was in 16 Candles. Despite having and then that it turns act. out she was an extra. Oh, yeah. that's tough. I wanted to ask you about this, though. I mean, 16 Candles, of course, a classic teen movie. So um, a high school slumber party connection there. But again, with the writing and how it's presented, it was so off base to me that Lila, the, young, the daughter, and Audrey, that neither of them knew. I thought Lila would know. Lila would have seen before the scene her mother was in. If she's that obsessed with it, she would have shown it to her before. But the way it's presented to us, it's on TV. And she says, oh, here I am. I'm right there. And then they both laugh in the face of this woman. (laughs) What? That's exactly, first of all, what I was going to say. The fact that like, she's bragging about this and has never shown it off to her daughter. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And then they would both laugh. I just, so that was the moment that upset me about this storyline was like, that didn't ring true. That didn't ring true to the, I think the rest of Audrey, she may have laughed behind her back, but I don't think she would have just, I don't know. It just seemed so callous to me. I, yeah, I don't know. It's that was, that was a tough moment, but the moments between just the two of them, the little girl and Mm -hmm. Audrey, I thought were lovely. And I, I could have, I could have watched that longer. I was trying to look up and see, like, if this was actually a character in Sixteen Candles. Oh, the uh, guest number three or something? Yeah, but I couldn't find it, so I was just curious. Yeah, I mean, again, you were absolutely right. I didn't think of it that way. They're just laughing at the mother. At the end of this character's arc, it's actually, like, nice because, well, (laughs) she speaks to admissions guy. I forgot for what college, but he's super rude to her. Like, I hope no one is like that in real life. He really made it easy for her to be like, no, I don't want to go here. Because it was like her safety school. She ended up getting waitlisted. But he, he just like, you know, the school could do a lot for you. 
you're going to be on probation, this and that. And it's like, whoa, okay, okay, guy. Yeah. But I do like, at the end of the day, she she makes that decision to, what is it, like, I forgot what the program's called, like a Teachers Without It was Teach for America. Teach yeah. for America, yes, that's what it is. So it's sort of not, I mean, not the same, but then you know, there's a AmeriCorps and Peace Corps and various different kind of volu- post-high school volunteering opportunities. And and I the other piece of it, and I'm not, I'm not going to give this movie any more credit than it needs, but um, another thing that I appreciate is highlighting paths that are not just straight from high school to a four-year college because that yes that works for a section of people and it's what's promoted a lot but there are a lot of other other paths that are fantastic and so whether that's starting at a two-year college or whether that's doing an experience like this where you get the chance to get some world experience and kind of figure out where you might want to go or also like technical and and um uh, what do you call it like more applied programs, mm-hmm. right? There's so many things beyond a four-year college. And I this is coming from someone who works, <laughs> has worked on campuses and now works to support folks working on campuses. So I'm not anti-college. I just, it frustrates me when that's the only path that's highlighted. So, okay, I will, whatever my grade is at the end, this bumps it back up because- <laughs> At least it's a um, it's some representation for other paths, and I think we need more of that. And we never see that. Like mm-hmm. in, in these movies, it's usually the person who's not going to college is not depicted in a such a positive light as she is. I think that's so awesome. And the conversation she has with her friend at the end, it looks like it might get confrontational, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It's kind of like you have different resources than me be happy for my version of success. Like I'm happy for your version of success. Which is like, absolutely. I'm excited cool. about this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, whatever goodwill that Audrey gained in this movie, I think we're going to lose it when we continue our discussion here. <laughs> Wikipedia brings up Foster next. And Foster is Alec's best friend and coworker. By the way, one thing we didn't mention about Alec, how he's started a, a summer business. He has his own paving company <laughs> which is crazy but good for him you know what good for him earning earning a living paving for the summer which is it's weird also to like operate a company like that on a part-time basis as a high schooler in the summer but you know what if he can get it done good for him here's the thing no <laughs> one in this movie had last names <laughs> that is true so the shirt had to say like alex paving or alex <laughs> construction or whatever whatever his last name was let's say smith it would have been solved if it had said Smith Construction and they were working part-time at, like, his dad's company. Yeah, but nope. <laughs> nope. Not what we're doing here. So, yeah, Foster never had a chance. So, I yes. Mean, Foster. That character. Oh. I don't know if this is, like, a throwback to, like, American Pie kind of stuff. Maybe it is, but Foster's whole goal is he has a wish list of ladies he would like to bed before he goes to college spoiler alert on this it ends up that he's a virgin and oh my goodness <laughs> i don't know Iceland, what do you what would you like to say about foster <laughs> again the, this character yeah i mean throwback is a nice way to say it <laughs> it seems like it is inspired from poorly written characters from a previous era and I don't even mean that just in like a, you know, 
post me Too world. It's not even that it's just that, like, I also don't think virginity is the same, has the same sort of, I don't know, social construct that it did in like an eighties movie. <laughs> Was that meant to redeem him? I'm not a womanizer. <laughs> I'm a virgin, but he was still at least claiming to be seeking out one night stands or like whatever. I mean, if he, had, it was just, it was, to me, it was unclear and just seemed, yes, so archaic that I just got through his scenes. And again, no disrespect to the actor pulling it off. He is, I think, talented. He's got a beautiful dimple. <laughs> And he was doing his best, but it was not, it was not a character. How did, how did you find that? Cause you have, you've done 200 of these, right? So you've seen, I think you've seen the building blocks of Foster and you've probably seen how to do Foster better too. So like the other day, uh, as part of my cousin's reward for getting a tattoo for this podcast, um, we watched American Pie and recorded it and I was actually like, it was one of the times I've enjoyed American Pie the most. And I was laughing and I was like, I didn't expect that to happen because I don't know. There's a lot of, and there still is negative things in American Pie. I'm not forgiving everything, but there's a vulnerability to those, a lot of those characters that, I don't know. It it felt more real, even though Mm -hmm. that they, yes, they had a a sex It grounds them. Yes. There was a goal for that, but they weren't coming off as. Predatory. Yeah, predatory. Now, again, look, Jim tapes a woman and there's no consent with that. I'm not forgiving that at all. This was not... The virgin thing just... It didn't excuse him, obviously. He's still being an asshole. Like, yes. he's like, let me, you know, how to try to have sex with this Christian girl. And and the way he's doing it, too. Like, he's getting involved with people's families and stuff. Like, it's... That, that's like high-level psychotic stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on with this guy? And it's it was also largely unfunny too like unfortunately in movies when it's written well and it's funny like you can kind of forgive some stuff i hate to say it but it's true that's one of the things i just wanted to fast forward i'm like why are we keep looking at this guy and, and going on these dates with these poorly poorly written women as well you know right yeah no one won in that storyline no no And, and at the end of the day it's just what, how did his end anyway, right? Uh, just that he's a virgin? I don't even remember. No, there's a an older woman. Oh, there. of course, the Stifler's mom thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That, like a completely unearned moment that like some lady that's yeah. driveway just paved is like, come on in, you know? <laughs> Which also, and I'm, I'm sorry to be this kind of downer, but like that is also inappropriate because of how we, you know, construct gender and whatever else. But like, that that's seen as different that is a predator taking advantage of a young person so i see that and that's it's not not only is it not like funny or cute it's gross and perhaps leads us into the next where there are some additional grown ass women who are being gross in this movie (laughs) yes so our last little storyline is chad and reese and chad and reese are just these two I guess nerds. Outcasts. Yeah, yes. nerds, outcasts. But again, we don't know entirely. The movie doesn't. They're the least connected, though, from the social group because we don't see them connected anywhere else in this film. No, they're not. We know they're not invited to the warehouse party. That's right? all they we know. They hack in. 
and and the woman right um claire at least i recognized from where aaron is doing her internship oh claire works there i uh i didn't make that connection but now that you mention it that makes sense it's not a good connection it's not a it's not a well it's not a this is not magnolia that's not what we're (laughs) doing here right but i actually so at the beginning of this storyline i was actually getting a a kick out of it not not so much but once they put on the suits and they had to go to that bar and they get served it reminded me a little bit of like a ferris bueller-esque thing of like kids pretending to be adults and doing things i feel like kids would do that is there and i'm sorry because i it has been so long since i've seen this that could be not that there it's sort of had like a risky business kind of or, yeah that yeah or a that license as well, yeah. to drive kind of this. that's i mean there's a long tradition of teenagers trying to be adults for certain things but mm-hmm. i guess if you count drinking beer as nefarious perhaps but their original intentions there like they're just talking and drinking beer and it's like a one-time thing and then there's that one scene that cuts with like, ooh, look at those ladies over there. I'm like, oh, no, this is going to go to a bad place no matter what it was. And for, yes. most of the, for most of the film, you think that they're just lying their asses off with these older, older women. You know, they're Right. Funny, At first, still- you think these women are, pardon me, stupid. <laughs> because these are obviously teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we find out no they're not they they knew the whole time and this was just they were like sport fucking teenagers <laughs> I, it's like what is going on here and why would they have that predilection pardon me <laughs> um in common like th- that they both agreed like this is a great idea i have lived in the world a long time <laughs> And I have some amazing female friends. And I can tell you that never once have we had a conversation of like, you know, it would be real fun in our 20s. Go finding teenagers and pretending to have relationships with them. I don't know what I happened here. Handle it. I don't know what happened here. It, it went from just like, like kids getting drunk in the city to like this double Oscar Wilde lie involving teenagers on both sides that they both were involved with a lie. And one person knew also like a like whole like friends thing. Like we know, but they know, but the we know kind right. of thing. If you, if you really think about like the nuts yeah. and bolts of it all. And the fact that she says, oh, I, I discovered it from seeing the wallet at my apartment when we slept together, something along those lines. She wasn't mortified at that point. It's not like she walked in to be a predator theoretically these kids lied to her then they're like let's turn the tables on them and just like ah, it is wild and that i don't know if you noticed but that storyline ends about 30 minutes before the rest of the film ends yes i did notice that what's with that too well and, and again why is it these two neither of them for different reasons to me is believable as a young professional you know what i mean like aaron as the intern looks older than them Mm -hmm. you know i mean they're different not that not that i'm sitting here thinking like who could we make pretend they're 25 for advantageous reasons here but like (laughs) it just was so unbelievable at every turn and gross because also let's okay let's say they had no idea wouldn't you think if you were an adult person with adult person experiences in like 
I don't know how old were they. Can we say 27, 25? What do you want? No, I think they said that they were like, oh, they guessed that their age was like 23 or 24, something along those lines. That's what they, 24. There was like a throwaway line. Wouldn't you know the person you were having sex with was not your age? I would think so. I mean, look, I, I don't know if they indicated that they were virgins or whatever, but I think the implication was there. That if Foster's a virgin. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that I would believe. Honestly, if Foster changed tracks partway through and was like, I can't, I'm not making headway, if you will, with these high school girls, I'm going to try something else. And he went to the bar. Like, again, not okay. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I would have believed that, but like, I'm so sorry, Jacob McCarthy, you're adorable. But the way that he was presented in this movie is not believable as a person of drinking age. No, but, and again, that to me made it funny that they were getting away with the alcohol thing. There's no way that, like, again, this sounds weird, but you're totally right. If Foster was the guy there, he's also a good looking guy not that they're bad looking the other two kids no, but, but they're just he's like built like a man not yeah, a kid they're like these dorky awkward kids that even if they were of age this this sounds so mean i don't mean it like this but like even if they were the same age as them the way they're acting the way like how uncomfortable they yes. are in the suits how just unconfident yes. they are in things i doubt those girls are going to come across the bar pick them up and take pick, them home pick them up take them home and then once they find out, continue with it. <laughs> yeah, it was, again, flummoxed, uh, disappointed, so many things. Yeah, this was wild. And it, and I could see this being its own movie, not a good one, but its own movie. But it's this part that could be taken completely out. Yeah. <laughs> also, just because it is so disconnected from the rest of the story. I thought they were going to come in kind of ruse their way into yes the beer but also maybe some other perks of people thinking you're an adult maybe but totally. they end maybe up a job a job or i was thinking like as simple as it is most things end in a party this doesn't like if there was going to be that big that, there was a fourth of july totally. thing at one point right yeah and they were going to be the ones to save the day because they brought the beer like i know it's such a stereotypical exactly. plot yeah. but or like they're hosting a party on a yacht. Yeah, so, yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and that to me, there's an innocence to that because should they be doing that? No, but no, but like a redemption. Yes, there's no tricking. Yes, there's tricking of human beings there, right. but the stakes are a lot lower than yeah with the girls. Right. Like, what is the story they're gonna t- when they are in college next year or whatever? What's the story they're gonna tell? Right. We got this business person's yacht and we invited everyone and they finally knew who we were or something. That would be fun. But like I had a sexual relationship with a woman in her 20s and we were both lying to each other. And here's here's do you want the the good news and all of this? They seemed to be going to college. <laughs> you know, you pay a health services fee and then counseling is free. So hopefully <laughs> they'll be able to work through this experience in a way that helps them to move forward in adulthood. I hope so. I hope so. There's one other thing I wanted to mention from this storyline that I just remembered it. Not just to be clear, if you guys didn't do your homework and watch this film, we surprised you anyway, so it wouldn't surprise me if you didn't do your homework. But the fact that she's building this storyline about meeting her father 
to him to get him to confess is so fucked up. It's so like yeah, that's I didn't think of it while I was watching it, but now you've pointed it out. Like the way that families are sort of weaponized <laughs> is bizarre. Just bizarre. Just bizarre. Just absolutely bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's giving me a headache. How does the movie overall end? Like, what's the final image? I'm just forgetting now. I have no recollection. <laughs> right? Credits. Credits, yes. There are credits. Oh, I think um, one of the things is Griffin and Phoebe, they're like, oh, there were a four-hour train ride. And it's like, I give right. it two weeks. Well, and, and Alec and Aaron, yes. So, yeah, they joke about how they're not going to. And then, like, Alex and Alec and Aaron have a reconciliation that's open-ended. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe they love each other. They're not going to get over that. Neither of them is going to get over it. He is not going to get over her dating a cub, and she's (laughs) not going to get over him moving on so quickly. That's doomed, doomed, doomed. They will not make it through orientation. Yeah. Chad and Reese, we just don't know because they we left them 30 minutes before that. And Mm. and uh Audrey And Audrey has a solid plan. Solid plan. So yay, Audrey. So I think I think we're ready Audrey's for Audrey's the winner. I think we're ready for our awards, and that is a win award, so maybe that'll be your choice. I'm not sure, but could be, could be. <laughs> but first things first, who is this movie made for? I don't think successfully, but I think they definitely intended to make this for teenagers, right? I think teens and and people who um are fans of the names in it. Is this based on YA? I hope not. No, there is no source material I could find for this, except derivative, like all teen films. But you know what I mean. Yeah. There's no YA novel that this is based on. Right. Did we have a dead parent or dead teen? Um, no, I mean, we had absent parents. Absent but I don't parents. Believe... When, yeah, no dead parents or dead teens. Uh, all right. Most likely to succeed. Which character won the movie? Whose character's future is set up best at the conclusion of this film? That's tough because I part of me does want to say Audrey, but I want to save her for a different one. Mm-hmm. I do feel like the way Phoebe is presented, she's she's got goals. She has the connections to be able to make some of those things happen. So she's still shooting this thing that's going to be in a festival <laughs> in the summer. Again, Timeline, no thank you. Iceland, yes, this, but this is something we just, in Iceland Lombard, have to get over that college kids are up against it until the last day of senior year slash the summer even that was ridiculous oh my God. it's just wild there's no um, like junior year movies that are like maybe there's some but very little where it's usually just like senior year gotta get into thy college unrealistic timelines but yes you're right clearly <laughs> but so i think in terms of most likely to succeed i think she's um she seems to be honing her craft working making an effort like yeah okay I'd say Phoebe. What about you? That's actually who I said as well. Uh, We didn't really talk about their particular artistic projects so much, but Phoebe is a filmmaker and she has this weird She's interviewing people. Which I thought was going to be a framing device because in previous Gary Marshall films, that's like a framing device. Indeed. And it it really wasn't here. Perhaps it was just a hat tip. Yes. That's a good call. Um, And he he did this like electronic music. Whoa, whoa. Okay, sorry. Storyline I forgot to mention. What the hell is the deal with this skateboarder? (laughs) I think he's supposed to weave it all together. Okay. He I shows guess. up in a lot of places. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. Because they're like, oh, making, you know, he's making a big soundtrack for him. And he has this big skate event. And it's only, if you added up all the scenes, it's probably three minutes of the movie tops. 
Right. But he shows up and like he's in the background for the breakup. Mm. You know, he's in it. He's in a lot of places. I think he's a mechanism, which is also like, I think not okay. I don't know. There's again, there are layers there. Yeah. We have given this movie too many of our words and thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. But he makes these electronic soundtracks, whatever, and they're collabing on this movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I have the two of them. I thought Phoebe was in a, a better position. She seems to be more clear in exactly what she wants to do. She has this scholarship to NYU. She seems really excited and I don't know, a nice person. So I was with you on Phoebe. Godspeed. Wooderson Award. Is there a character who you would have liked to have seen more of in this film? Absolutely. I would say Audrey. And additionally, if if we're not going to count Audrey because she is one of the main stories i would have i would have enjoyed seeing more of lila the little girl which i don't always like precocious young person and like wise beyond their years young person sometimes hit me the wrong way so um it's uncommon for me to say that but i thought they were both excellent and they played off each other really well yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I also said Audrey. And I, I think we could definitely use more of her, even if she's a main character. We can, maybe we'll get to it next. Well, we will get to it next. We could delete some other storylines, though, to give more Audrey time. So, all right. Long Duck Dong Award. Is there a character or storyline overall whose omission would make the film better? It's tough because there are multiple, but I think Foster. I just have to go with it's so easily cut out of the rest of it. Yeah, I had Foster, but uh, as much as, again, I liked some elements of them, I had the two the two guys as well with the ladies because it just yeah. is so disconnected from the movie that if we didn't see them, it would change literally nothing about this film. We would Correct. not be confused about anything. No, but we would be sitting here talking about how the only characters were hot, popular people. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Ooh. This, see, sometimes these awards are here, and I'm like, I, I struggle for answers. And then there, there's sometimes that the film just gives you answers, right? Self-populate. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron Fry Award. Was there anyone too old in the film to be a high schooler who just did not look like a high schooler? Island, take it away. I mean, how much time do you have? But certainly in the post-coital moments of Phoebe and Griffin, when he is shirtless and has a physique that is unnatural for anyone (laughs) but certainly for a high school student from a prep school who is either studying for business something or working on his electronic music it is absolutely wildly unreasonable yeah we'll we'll give it to him but there there could be a lot of winners for that one any any number of them if you want to call them winners all right your question your contribution I mean, you have many, many <laughs> contributions to High School Slumber Party AP. But your original contribution of the question ah. list here, the extra credit assignment. If you could recommend a classic teen movie to a character in this film, who would it be and what film? Okay, so I'm cheating a little bit. But as I mentioned, the the um, worldview that we're given at the beginning from Griffin of this is my last chance, this is the end. It was just so hard for me to wrap my mind around and I would want to provide him an opportunity to understand that that is not necessarily the case. And the first thing that came to mind for that would be to show him the big chill. So it is 
adults reminiscing about college or who met in college. So it's not high school, but I just feel like it helps us with this life can be long and there are, there are lots of relationships and lots of things happen. And, and none of what goes on in that film had anything to do with who these people were in high school. And so it's cheating a little bit, but I still think it's classic. I, I will allow the big chill. Yes. People know how much I enjoy the big chill. That oh, do you? I didn't that, know that. I think you. I have three vinyl soundtracks of the big of the big oh, chill because people amazing soundtrack. <laughs> yes, because people just like oh, I know Brian likes that, so I will allow the big chill. Do That's you have awesome. one? Yeah, yeah. So hear me out on this one, but I want Chad and Reese to watch Weird Science because I I would just like them to watch the film and not go out and do these things. Yep. And maybe fantasize about creating a robot. Cautionary tale. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, uh, and I th- also, like, proof that they should have known better. Yes. <laughs> As should Claire and the other one. <laughs> oh, man. Good choices overall there. Uh, the other thing I put, too, this is my backup choice. The little girl should have seen 16 Candles before her mom did, as we mentioned already, but I'm counting that as well. Excellent point. (laughs) All right, Aislinn. I'm handing you that red pen, handing you the old Manila report card, A to F grade scale, but before we decide on the letters, Rotten Tomatoes, 29% by the critics, 28% by the audience, two out of five stars on Letterboxd. What is your A to F grade? for the last summer those are higher than i expected them to be wow <laughs> i cannot with good conscience pass this film wow. even with audrey and i would i would like to give something like um the opportunity to take the course again and and maybe how about this incomplete incomplete i'm gonna give it an incomplete <laughs> I would give them the chance to fix some of this and take some of this shit out and, and do better because it had some great actors. It, I think it, it was good to look at. It was, you know, passable. It looked like a movie. I think that the actors were doing their best, but it was not a good movie. It was very frustrating. So I'm going to give it an incomplete. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm giving it a pretty low, low score, too. I'm still too nervous to fail anything. So I gave this film the good old D+. The grade that everyone wants to get, right? D+. Probably the rarest grade in existence. Yeah, some places it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, it exists here in high school slumber party. <laughs> Precedent is being set today. Again, I like the Audrey thing too much. I think there was some good nuggets here or there. I think these actors do have potential. And I've seen them in other things where they do good. So I don't want to count it against them. Otherwise, back to the drawing board, people. Back to the drawing board. Do better. All right. So you and I are at this awesome The Last Summer slumber party. You're actually in a cabin. So you have like slumber party vibes. I do. I'm in my I'm all cozy with my childhood blanket here. Oh, perfect. Perfect. I'm in my apartment, no slumber party vibes for me. <laughs> but we do have to bring a movie-themed sleeping bag to the slumber party, themed of the last summer. Somehow, Iceland, could you come up with anything for this? It was tough. Um, but I do think 
that they wanted Chicago to be memorable in it. So I think one of those sort of um, like postcard kind of layered montage, if you will, kind of of certainly some Cubs memorabilia, but some Chicago related items, which also does. I mean, that is a connection to classic teen films, too, right? Aren't absolutely isn't John Hughes stuff Chicago connected. And it's a connection to what my sleeping bag is going to look like, which is also oh, a tell collage. Me, tell me. But it's a collage of classic Chicago teen films. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Breakfast Club, Adventures in Babysitting, 16 Candles, Risky Business, as you mentioned, but even some newer ones like Never Been Kissed. Uh, I'm going to get I'm going to get a whole list of Chicago based films. And because that would be an I would love that sleeping bag. Obviously, I'm wearing a Ferris Bueller shirt now. But regardless, I would love that sleeping bag. Just a collage of Chicago teen films. So there you go. We both went Chicago. That's great. It's funny. Now we've had a couple of, um, we do not rehearse our answers. They're not written down, but we've had a couple of similar vibes here, which is fun. I'm, I'm excited. I've thought ahead about this. Ooh, love it. Love it. So ooh, let's go deep on this one. You and I, Island, we're, we're at Blockbuster and we know, we know for whatever reason, we are renting the one physical copy of the last summer for our slumber party. But we get to that counter. We see a sign that says rent two movies, get one free. And this is AP. We're both going to rent two other movies to create a last summer trifecta. But you go first, Aizen. What two other movies would you watch on your slumber party with The Last Summer? Okay. So first of all, to prove that I'm not anti-graduation movies, (laughs) I'm going to pick one that I feel does this more successfully. Granted, I do have a nostalgia pocket for it, but I would... I would rent Can't Hardly Wait. Nice. I think that does multiple stories better. That um, deals with, is this the end or is this the beginning or is it both? It deals with the outcast, you know, either getting revenge or getting accepted, etc. I'm not saying it's perfect, but <laughs> I think it, it accomplishes some of what this looks like it's set out to do. Nice. And then in my second one, I'm going Rogue. Because I, uh, again, I was very bothered by this. This moment is our only moment kind of mentality that the movie presented to me at the beginning. And there was a little bit of baseball, but not a ton. And so it kind of made me want to watch a summer. It's summer. I wanted to watch like a baseball movie. I am not a sports person. I do not throw and catch things well. Not my bag. But I love disney's the rookie oh wow (laughs) about a like middle-aged high school teacher yes who um through sort of a circuitous path you know gets his dream of playing major league baseball and i love that it's not young kid gets his goals immediately so yeah, so I'm Good gonna rent the rookie, rookie, which again, it's a it's a real left turn. Yeah, but I shocking. enjoy it so much. <laughs> and there's a high school connect. It's loose. It's the loosey no, that high school connection. We love but... doing teacher stuff. So and I I love baseball. So definitely, I, I don't know if I had that on my list, but I saw that movie in the theater. So me too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I lo- I sincerely I'm like jazzed about this movie, and I watch it every couple of years just because. It hits something in my heart and who's, um, gosh, who is it? I can't think of it. I can only think of Aiden Quinn and that's not who it is. Who is it? It's the, the other star? one. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Yeah. Who, 
has gone off the rails or back on, if you will, these days, I'm, I'm worried for him. But in that moment, in that era, I feel like he was the right amount of Quaid for me. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. That's an awesome movie. I need to watch that again. And one quick note on Can't Hardly Wait, which I think is like pretty, yeah. pretty funny, is so I, I follow like on social media and listen to from time to time um, a couple other like teen film oriented podcasts. There's one I listen to. They are a lot younger than both of us. I believe they might be in their early 20s. And had never seen Can't Hardly Wait and hated it. Oh, no. Did not understand it. Thought it was so just backward and just of a different era. Like, but I I loved it. I I know you enjoyed it. I don't know if you need that nostalgia for it, but like, and I've gotten that too from people. That's not one that has a timeless quality to people who don't know it, which is weird. Valid point. It's weird because there's some that. do like that every generation breakfast kind of club in, right yeah enjoys yeah for sure but <laughs> that one is for whatever reason it's one of these okay. movies that you were if you're in like a five or six year age group you love and if you're not you just do not get which is funny okay i could i could, i'm i'm on the outside of high school musical for example mm-hmm but I know people for whom that is a touch tone. So I, I get it. I don't, um, but I will I love think that. about whether or not I want to listen to that because I don't, I, I'm interested in their thoughts. And also it just is for me, you know, it is my era and it is so many of the people, right. And people who were famous then, mm-hmm. but also a number of people who were background. Oh, that's so great with that. Right. Movie. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's so rich in, um, personality i i think it's something we talked about though on uh kid 90 right like it's kind of that thing like if if you're in if you're in with whatever it was you're in and if you're not oh well but that's something i love about this podcast discovering those things so i'll be quick with my picks yeah my two picks are connected pretty easily to stuff in the film first one because of the gary marshall connection is the princess diaries which i think is his only true teenage film but We'll count that and Hathaway, obviously. And of course, I'll do it. I'll include 16 Candles here. Mentioned so often <laughs> in this film. Why not? Good call. Let's do it. All right. So this was uh, this was fun. Even though it might not have been a fun watch, it was definitely fun to talk about. We need to talk these movies. I'm glad we could pop this extra episode in. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we do some more of these little extra episodes. There is a lot going on with contemporary teen films and certain films that there are expectations that we might need to cover right away. So just that's a little teaser there, but uh, Aizen, anything you want to say, plug or whatever? I just want to thank the listeners. I want to thank you again for the opportunity to talk about these movies. It's been so much fun, even when I don't 100% enjoy the movie, but but it's been grand, and I would say happy summer to everyone. Please, there's there's a good amount of August left. Enjoy it safely. Do safely, something yes. that you love safely, and um and keep coming back, and we'll keep talking. Well, enjoy enjoy your cabin, Island. I will. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> 
This was our last summer Would you call it a flame? Would you say it was crazy? If I gave you a ring In the dead of the winter On the first day of spring Let's get a taste of the summer And see what it brings Thank you, Slumberers, so much for listening to these last couple of episodes. We've talked about some more modern films. The Kissing Booth was last Friday with Shawnee Mead, and today, of course, The Last Summer, both summer modern teen films, both we didn't enjoy so much, but that's okay. This AP run we've been doing has been so much fun as we approach our senior year. can't believe it. Our senior year is coming up, believe it or not, as the summer is winding down. Expect more AP episodes. That's all I have to say. But of course, we are still in this beautiful San Emilio Island summer. And on Friday, we have a special episode for you. It wasn't a planned one. We actually had something else in mind. But things fell through. And we decided to pull one out of our asses, kind of. But it's a classic. And some people say it's not a teen movie, but I watched it. It's a teen movie. It is Caddyshack. Welcome to the Bushwood Country Club. The membership's exclusive. You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? The help is outrageous. The madness is contagious. Bad language, fooling around in the course, poor caddying. What is whole place? Caddyshack, starring Chevy Chase as Ty Webb. Who is that disgusting man over there? A sportsman who really knows how to score. So what brings you to this uh, nape of the woods, neck of the wave? How come you're here? Rodney Dangerfield as Al Servant, a big shot. My dinky's bigger than your whole boat! With an even bigger mouth. <laughs> hey, somebody step on a duck. <laughs> Ted Knight as Judge Smales, a man of dignity. And a sense of fair play. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Michael O'Keefe as Danny Noonan, a caddy who wants an education and gets one. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. Cindy Morgan as Lacey Underall. She's got a bad reputation, and she's working hard to keep it. You want to tie me up with some of your ties? And Bill Murray. As Carl Spackler. Uh, just a harmless squirrel, not a plastic explosive or anything, nothing to be worried about. He's not crazy about gophers, <coughs> but he is crazy. License to kill gophers by the government of the United Nations. And introducing Mr. Gopher as himself. I said freeze, gopher! Caddyshack. It's all about swinging. Kiss me, you fool. But not on the course. Hey, you want to make $14 the hard way? Ah! Playing a good game. That's, oh, he got all of that one. And talking a better one. Hey, I should have stayed home and played with myself. Taking shots. That was a bum shot. And making time. We couldn't possibly think less of each other. Controlling your drives. Wow. And losing your grip. Ah. It is! You! Out! Four. 
The man's a menace. Caddyshack. The comedy with... Oh, Caddyshack, one of the classic comedies of all time. And Kyle Reinfried, of course, my housemate here on Santa Amelia Island, will be ready for it. It's a big summer movie. And again, I know there's skeptics out there and saying, like, that's not a teen movie. Honestly, watch it. It really is. It's really about the caddies. It's just that it seems like, I don't know, I'll do some research, but it seems like they got Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield, who I love, and they have such great performances out of them that they focused a lot on the adults, especially in marketing. But if you watch it, this is Danny Noonan's story, the lead caddy here, the teenager trying to get into college. So I think we're going to focus a lot on that this time, too. Thanks so much for listening, as always. Thanks for participating on social media. It's been great. I love these AP episodes, and I love that you listen to them as well. But I want you to remember one thing. Besides hitting that subscribe button, besides participating on social media, remember that life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Later, dudes.